Welcome to uh, another episode of Hangtime Junior. Uh, this is going to be a weird one because there's a lot of weird news in the basketball world. Um, well, there's two stories. One's weird and one's sad. I'm going to start with those and then I'm going to go into a my list of the 10 best players in the NBA and basically and I'll explain why that list might be a little bit different than some of the other lists that are out there uh but first I saw today that the NBA is talking about uh having an all-star weekend in Atlanta and uh I'm going to say yeah, I'm going to take a stab and say right now that that is not going to happen. It's it. So I saw that they want to do it. They want to. Um, Chris Paul wants it to uh, be like some of the proceeds to go to HBCUs and to COVID first responders, and that w- that's terrific. Um, it's not going to happen though because. That weekend, I've, you know, I lived in New Orleans when they had All-Star Weekend there. I'm aware of NBA All-Star Weekend, like everybody in the media who's... I saw Brian Windhorst, he goes, uh, he goes, you know, it's a little bit risky with all these players coming in to Atlanta from different teams and then going back to their teams, like there's real risk of it being a super spreader event. And I have to commend him on how political he uh, alluded to. The real reason why that can't happen and is a super spreader event is because that is America's... uh, I would say that All-Star Weekend, there's just no way to... It's like a thing is going to be within close proximity to what it has been historically. And the NBA All-Star Weekend has been uh, the craziest party in America for the last at least 20, if not 40 years. Um, And you you can keep tabs on the players as much as you want, you're not going to be able to prevent strippers from taking, you know, first class flights to Atlanta. And a lot of strippers, um, from what I hear, already live in Atlanta. It's just. And that's not even including the people who are non strippers who are just there to have a good time. Uh, that's from from my experience in New Orleans when we had All Star Weekend in New Orleans. Um, our city got flooded. Basically, like, attacked. We got flanked by strippers and non-strippers who were imitating strippers for the weekend. I mean, it's like, you know, you got... It's strippers and women who are not strippers who are keeping up with the Joneses. And so it's just a crazy time. All-Star Weekend is a crazy time. I think everybody's aware of that. I think that's why everybody knows that it's going to be a super spreader event and why it can't happen. And, you know, if Daniel House can't go four weeks in the bubble or whatever, two months in the bubble without having a 
a special guest into his room or making friends with a a medic or whatever happened. Um, yeah, you can go. I don't know if on Bovada Sportsbook right now if you can bet that All-Star Weekend will not happen. But if you can, I would bet on it not happening because there's just no way it can happen. Because the thing that's unfair is that if a league gets one really bad PR story, that the media cycle will take that and negate all of the good. So even if you do, it's kind of like LeBron's decision. When LeBron had the decision, he, you know, left Cleveland, went to Miami, raised a ton of money for charity in the process. But that's not what gets carried in the media cycle. The media cycle is like people burning jerseys and, you know, a 90-year-old Cavs fan. The one 90-year-old Cleveland Cavs fan who now is not going to get to see the Cavs win a championship. But maybe that guy did. Maybe that guy lived long enough to see it. It was only like four or five years later. But um, So that that applies to this because all it takes is one... Uh, all it takes is one high-profile guy to get COVID or... I mean, that's really all it takes. If one NBA All-Star gets COVID or if Atlanta has a spike during that weekend, if either of those two things happen, which both are probabilities, or even another thing about All-Star Weekend that... So All-Star Weekend, generally, you have the celebrity game. You got the rookie sophomore game. You got the skills challenges, dunk contest, three-point contest. Um, you have all these NBA players who aren't the All-Stars who still come in for the weekend. I would think that that wouldn't happen in this circumstance. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me to do it in Atlanta if you're just going to do, like, basically a bubble in the middle of Atlanta and you're going <coughs> to box out the city of Atlanta. To me, if you're not including the city for the All-Star game... You're not doing it in a city. That's like there would be something romantic and beautiful and poetic about doing the all-star game on a basketball court in the middle of nowhere. Even an outside like you do it outdoors and like I don't know. What's the state? I mean, Indiana is a basketball state, but that's too cold right now. I'm trying to think of a basketball state with warm weather. Um, I mean, you could do it in California, you know, as an homage to Kobe. You do it in, like, near San Diego, somewhere like that. You do an outside tournament for um, first, first, you know, for essential workers. And you do it for uh, people in the military and, you know, healthcare professionals and that kind of stuff. And you do it outdoors, and that would be really cool. Um, Or you do it in the middle of nowhere on a court and there's like a and it, that would be like epic like a field of dreams blacktop NBA all-star game but to do it in Atlanta and then not include the city is kind of lame and then if you include the city it's a super spreader there's just no way at least two migos are getting it it's just impossible that um that it goes without a media snafu uh, so, yeah, I think that 
the NBA All-Star Game can't happen in Atlanta. It can't happen in the terms that they're discussing, where you have, like, you know, uh, some uh, essential workers participating in some capacity. It just... It's... It's asking for... Uh, a really bad thing to happen. Not even a really bad thing. It's asking for a really bad media story that will negate all of the goodwill. Which, by the way, I mean, I don't know, man. Anybody who's going after basketball leagues, like, they're the pro- I don't know, man. Uh, I gotta say that I think basketball leagues do uh, a better job, you know, keeping their guys in touch with, like, the real world and how the real world's feeling and um, real people and keeping their guy, giving their guys perspective. I'll say that than some of these other leagues. I think that, you know, uh, the day I'm recording this, there's a, you can look it up if you're into it, but if you're interested, but there's a story in the NFL that's just so fucking sad um, and terrible. So I'll, I'll move on from that, from alluding to that sad story to another sad story. Um, I read today on Yahoo that Asia Durr on the New York Liberty has been so, uh, like, she still has COVID. Like, basically, that's what it is. It's called being a long hauler. That's the medical term. That's the medical term that scientists and doctors came up with is long hauler. But basically, uh, Asia Durr, who uh, was supposed to have her second year last year but she didn't go to the bubble because she has she's like a health risk because of some like pre-existing stuff she got covid despite not going to the bubble she's lost 32 pounds um and hasn't played basketball in six months someday she can't even get out of bed because she it feels like she got hit by a truck and it's just fucking terrible i mean she's you know She's an awesome basketball player. She is, like, one of the best college basketball defenders I've ever seen. And uh, she projected to be, like... Like, I thought she was going to be, like, the Ron Artest of the New York Liberty. Like, I thought she was going to be just, like, a dominant wing defender who could also give you some points. Like, get you 16 points a game, something like that. And... And, yeah, I don't – I mean, she's such a fighter. Like, if you've seen her play, she's just, like, ferocious and uh, kind of, like, unstoppable, just an unstoppable motor. And maybe she can play again. I hope that she can because um, she, she was so pivotal to what – or is so pivotal to what the Liberty are building. But, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes people think – people just put – perfect health on athletes like they just go oh 
there's no like people never think about that angle to it that they they go oh well they're athletes so they must be in perfect health but you know like every year there's not yeah basically every year there's a NBA or NFL rookie who they find uh, what's it called like the heart murmur thing and they have to they can't play like it happened to I think his name's Isaiah Austin out of Baylor a few years ago and obviously what happened with Chris Bosh his situation um it's just like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's scary for everybody. It's a, it's a scary thing. Like, it's like, uh, I think there's also a thing of, if you have an exceptional body, like a body that's, you know, not, Obviously, basketball players are generally above average in height. So if you have a different kind of body, you can then the like standard deviations away from whatever, then, you know, there's other like there's sometimes stuff that comes with it. I think that people don't really understand that. Um, I think at, Bat, uh, basketball players were really scared of this thing, and uh, some, you know, there's been some really scary stories. Another thing is that, you know, COVID really affects people in, especially people uh, in cities, and especially people who are lower income in cities. And communities with substandard nutrition, and people act like nutrition is a is a family decision. Like the it's like oh your family goes to McDonald's and your family goes to Whole Foods. Like nutrition is a community thing, and a lot of pro athletes come from communities that uh you know the reason they became pro athletes is because they came from communities where there was literally no opportunity. And, uh, and yeah, so they're coming from communities where a lot of people they know were affected by COVID really, really harshly. And, yeah, it makes sense to me that, uh, some of them have been really, really cautious about COVID or it's been really stressful for them. And you hear the horror stories about that. Okay, that's enough uh that's enough sad. I don't know if for you guys, but for me. So let's go to some other stuff. Um I would go to Bavada right now, no matter well I I'm not a I'm not a better, I said that, but I would go and I would bet on uh on Jokic to win the MVP. I don't know if what his odds are. I don't know any of that stuff. I just know that it's crazy that to me that more people aren't talking about him for that because okay, let's go through my list of the best players in in the NBA. So every year we do the best players in the NBA and every year we give a little too much credence to what we just saw like last year, remember we all had Kawhi one or two for the whole year. Because he won the championship with the Raptors. And it feels like 
we weren't basing it at all off of what we were seeing with the Clippers. We were just going off of his reputation from the year before. And I don't I think that this year the guy we're doing that with is Luca. And I get people going, Oh, he hasn't had help or oh he's out of shape. But isn't out of shape supposed to matter for ranking the best players? And I say that to say this. I'm putting my list in mind. This list is not for what we're seeing right now. It's a for the coming playoffs. I'm going to try to project because that's more fun to me, to be honest. Like, you know, the Jazz are like the best team in the NBA right now, but they're not the team I'd be most scared to see in the playoffs, even though I think that they're a great team. Um, very balanced team, I must say. And I, I fucking love Donovan Mitchell. Okay, so the best players in the NBA for this coming playoffs. Um, and I think all 10 of my guys are playoff bound. If it gets to the point where one of them isn't, I'll caveat it by saying that guy's not playoff bound. First guy on my list is Kevin Durant. And I don't think that there is much argument with that. Um, if I, I would feel very comfortable going on Bovada and betting that the Nets were going to come out of the East. Everything I I people forget that there's always a center available. There's always a buyout guy. And uh, there's actually, there's, there's some guys that are not even that critical to teams that, and those teams are not playoff bound, and those there are guys like that who would take the Nets to another level. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I think the Nets are going to add somebody. I would be very surprised if they didn't, and I think that when they do, they will be the clear favorite. In uh, in the East, hmm. The f- I mean, I'm I think that uh, you know who I'd like them to add. Who probably is not going to be the person they add. I would love if they added Mo Bamba. I th- you know him and Durant. They have the Texas connection. That would be fun. I think that he is actually he has talent and stuff. Hmm. Okay. Best player in the NBA, I think it's Kevin Durant. Second best player in the NBA. Okay. Right now, sure, LeBron James. But I'm doing my list for this year's playoffs. So I'm going to say Jokic. And I know that I'm going to be the... This is This is going to be the hill that I'm ready to die on. This is the hill right here. And I think I said earlier to bet on Jokic to win the MVP. I would I would bet on him to win the MVP next year because this year he's going to get snubbed because people just don't get it. They just don't get that what he does is not only unstoppable, but you they won't people won't be able to slow it down one iota in the playoffs. Like there are guys like Giannis named Giannis who are amazing to watch 
And but now we're aware. Oh, but this is a thing that can be slowed down in the playoffs. Well, what Jokic does can't be slowed down. I mean, that's why. Uh, this is the one thing I actually would go on Bovada and put money on. Is I think it's going to be Nets Nuggets. I really do. And I think right now it looks like it's going to be Nets Lakers. Like that's the vibe. And I also think. I think the whole world kind of at this point wants to see the Wizards and the Nets or Wizards and Nuggets make a trade. Bradley Beal would be so fun on the Nuggets. He'd be so fun. I don't love Michael Porter Jr. I know some people do. I think that I think he's like John Collins and I like John Collins, but I I mean, the way people talk about Michael Porter Jr., yeah, it's like people got to make up their mind. Either a guy like John Collins is is worth talking about like that. Like, you know, a guy who will never be an all-star but can get you 20 for the next eight years. But also his defense is a little subpar. And also you're not even going to have the ball in his hands in crucial moments because – if you're in the playoffs, he's your second or third guy, but he might think he's... I actually think John Collins, and this is the big thing, I think John Collins seems like a better teammate than Michael Porter Jr. Um, I don't want the Wizards to have Michael Porter Jr., but maybe they, they... I mean, if the Wizards traded for him, they would try to build everything around him and treat him like he was... They'd probably try to treat him like he was Giannis. I, that's the other thing is the Wizards have been mismanaging guys like Michael Porter Jr. ever since I was first a Wizards fan. So, I don't know. He's like the power forward version of Rod Strickland to me. So, we'll... But, so, I don't know if the Nuggets get Bradley Beal or not, but... And maybe they stick with Michael Porter Jr., but either way, I just think that Jokic is the guy to... He's like the guy who can potentially be the guy of the whole postseason i mean him and durant are the two guys where you go what they do is only going to be even better in the postseason so that's my second guy third guy lebron james uh i'm not crazy and i also still think that jokic could be the second best guy in the nba and the lakers could still beat the nuggets because my four is my fourth guy, Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, I think my fourth guy is Anthony Davis. Nope. Yep, it is. It is. My fourth guy is Anthony Davis, and it's very, very close. There's a part of me that wants to say Kawhi, and there's a part of me wants to say Embiid. But I think by this year's playoffs, Embiid will have slowed down just a little bit. Not slowed down, just I think Davis will elevate. It's not like I think Embiid will slow down. Because my fifth guy is Embiid. He's been playing amazing. He's not going to get out of shape. And I don't think he's going to slow down. I just think that he uh, is not going to necessarily be able to elevate his game in the playoffs because the only way he would be able to elevate his game is to just stop taking threes for the playoffs. Like, yeah, I don't think, I don't agree with Joel Embiid that 
the spacing he provides by shooting threes and the layups he gets off of pump faking on threes are mathematically more beneficial to his game than if he just camped out on the left block. So I disagree with that, him on that. That being said, I think that right now Joel Embiid is on Bavada betting on himself to win the MVP, and I don't think he's wrong to do that. I think the front runners are probably LeBron, then him, and then I got Jokic third as the most likely, even though I think that after the playoffs – it's gonna. Oh, and Kevin Durant. Those are the four guys who I think are are the MVP race right now. I don't think anyone else is in it. But I think after the season, people are gonna feel silly if it doesn't go to Durant or Jokic. But the other thing with Durant is his stats might take a hit now because the sixth guy, sixth best. So I have number one Durant, number two. Jokic, number three, LeBron, number four, Anthony Davis, number five, Embiid, and the sixth guy is Kawhi Leonard. Uh, And for all the reasons, you know, he's, but if Kawhi wants to, if Kawhi wants to earn his spot on this list, he better be at least top three best defenders in the NBA. Prove that in the playoffs. I know, look, I'm with Kawhi for the whole resting all season thing. I'm cool with it. But this playoffs, he's got to go back to being one of the best defenders in the world. And he had that at times during the playoffs. And I think people forgot. Like, he really deed up Luka very nicely. And then also, Jamal Murray was out of his mind. That was nobody's fault. Nobody is getting in trouble for how good Jamal Murray was last playoffs. He wasn't supposed to be slowed down. Um, But, so I got Kawhi. So... KD, Jokic, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Embiid, Kawhi number six. Number seven is also not a Kevin Durant teammate. Number seven, I got Giannis. And eight, I got Harden. And Giannis and Harden uh, are, I mean, yeah, uh, they're, they're the same as last year. And that's their only flaw is... They don't change. They're so, so good. They're so, so close. And they don't change. And they don't, you know, like, if Giannis and Harden were a musical, a musician or like a musical artist, they would be, hmm, who would Giannis and Harden be? As a musical artist, when you bring up a topic like this, you want to have a person. Oh, I know who they'd be. They'd be Bruno Mars. They'd be Bruno Mars. They're so good at what they do. They, you know, they're stars. They're superstars. But Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars is not like, don't be fooled. Bruno Mars is not competing in his mind with whoever the weekend i mean maybe he's competing with singer dancers people michael jackson james brown chris brown usher the all-time the all-timers just like Giannis and harden are competing with the all-timers 
and they don't improve. They don't add stuff. Bruno Mars has been Bruno Mars for six years. Remember, like, I mean, even so Michael Jackson, obviously, he added stuff. He had the thriller phase. He had the off the wall phase. He changed races. Michael Jackson was tinkering with his racial identity and his gender. Like, of course, he added stuff. Chris Brown added stuff. He went from being a menace to to society to, you know, a lovable, we think he's not a menace to society anymore. And, like, he's, I mean, he's just made so many different kinds of songs. Every Bruno Mars song is like, it's like Harden or Giannis. It's the same kind of song every time. It's like the, you know asexual love song that everybody can listen to a thousand times without getting bored of. And, you know, he's in, he's a perfectly choreographed dancer, but he doesn't have a signature dance moment either. So yeah, Giannis and Harden seven and eight and whatever order you want. I got Giannis over Harden just because I think that Giannis, he gives you a lot on offense, but he, solves he he is the James Harden of a defense like you put and I actually think that I think Giannis is being done a disservice by having to play with centers I think that the future for Giannis is being the center and that's that's got to change I really hate how that roster's constructed and I think that um that Harden was on rosters that were not constructed the right way in hindsight. Like, yeah, I think that Harden was not, I think he should have been surrounded by gunners. Like that was the move. Like guys like D'Angelo Russell and Lou and Lou Williams and Trey Young's and those kinds of guys around Harden. And, you know, and then one center who fixes everything, like a Rudy Gobert type. And that's the move, rather than, you know, the way those teams were built around, like, small, switchable, what, yeah. Okay, so, um, we got 9 and 10. Who's left? By the way, I do want to say, oh, man, I fucked up, um... But first, I do want to say, last year, I said Embiid was going to be an MVP candidate, and, and you know, that was the worst prediction ever. I was just a year early. That's I, I was right about the guy Joel Embiid is. I was just off by a year. Okay. Number nine actually should be number seven. So let's pretend. So James Harden is eight. Giannis is nine. Number seven is Steph Curry. And probably he should be higher. You know, yeah, he should be higher. So number six was Kawhi. Number five was Embiid. And number four was Anthony Davis. Okay, so Anthony Davis and Embiid and Kawhi all basically fix your defense by themselves in some capacity. And Stephen Curry does not. Man, you could convince me that in the playoffs, Steph does some legendary shit, 
and Steph goes all the way up to you. If you wanted to put Steph as high as as four and bump Davis down, I wouldn't be mad at you. But I'm actually going to keep him at seven. And Steph and Kawhi is so close. Now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at six. I'm gonna put him at six. So Kawhi seven, Harden is eight, uh, Giannis is nine, and Luka Doncic is ten. And you know, if people got Luka higher than that, they uh, they are. I mean, I I don't know what to say. They're just wrong. Like, there's no way that you can tell me that Luca is better than James Harden right now because they do the same thing and James Harden does it better. And sure, Luca has worse teammates now, but James Harden has proven that he can do that same thing better than Harden can with the same caliber teammates year after year after year, and he just didn't want to do that again. So I, I see people putting Luka as like the second or third best guy in the NBA. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I think that um, – you know how Eminem just came out that with that song uh, on his new album? Maybe people don't know this if they're not Eminem heads. But he came out with a new song where he was like complaining about how people – are hating on him these days and all that stuff. And he mentioned Drake and he goes, Drake, they're going to turn on you too. Well, Luca, people are going to catch up and they're going to turn on you. And it's not fair. And I'm not anti-Luca. I feel like I come off that way because everybody else is, you know, elevating him to this absurd, uh, you know, and statistically he's there, but that's not like statistically... Luca is way superior to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But, okay, so in a playoff series, you would think that if the Celtics played the Mavs, I mean, it'll never happen because neither of those teams are getting to the finals this year. But maybe in two, three years' time, it could be Celtics-Mavs in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think so because I think that People are underestimating how well the Nuggets are built for the next four years. And then there's other teams that have tremendous upside in the West. So, but if the Celtics played the Mavs, who do you think would win? And then you go, well, Luka's teammates. That's not – there's not a huge talent gap between Luka's teammates and Jason Tatum's teammates. I mean, you got Jalen Brown and Porzingis, and I mean, I would definitely rather have Jalen Brown. Then you got Kemba, and who's the next best? I mean, I know we got Tim Hardaway Jr., and I know we got um, Dwight Powell, and both those guys are underrated, by the way. Um, And Finney Smith is underrated, too. Oh, and you got Richardson. Okay, so... You got Kemba and you got Richardson. And people forget Kemba's not the Kemba of two years ago. So I would actually say I might rather... I mean, Kemba and Richardson, that's pretty close. Maybe I'd rather have Kemba. Next, you got Marcus Smart and Tim Hardaway Jr. Also pretty close. I think I'd go with Tim Hardaway Jr. 
Then the fourth starter for the Celtics is, I don't know, Tice is the next guy, is the fifth starter. So you got Tice and you got Finney Smith, and I'd rather have Finney Smith. But it's all, all of those are really close calls. Like, I don't think that Kemba is way better than Richardson. And I don't think, I think that Jalen Brown is the most better than Przingis of any of those things. But, I mean, you know, Przingis probably, I, I mean, wing defender is an important position as is rim protector. I don't know. Um, and then coaching is a wash. Both those coaches are great. My point is, if Luca is this guy who's way better than Tatum, then you would go, oh, Mavs should win that series. But I don't think they would. And I don't think they would because I think that what Luca does, it's it's a lot like what Harden does. And it's, uh, it's going to be hard to win a playoff series. Yeah, it's going to be hard to win a playoff series with Luca as your best player. And it's going to be really hard to win two. And it's going to be really, really hard to win three. A lot like Harden. <coughs> Bless myself. So, yeah. Can you go on Bovada and bet for James or for uh, for Luka Doncic never to be a finals MVP? That's messed up to say. But my whole thing is I think that just like how for a while I was saying Harden and Giannis needed each other even though they were beefing. Well, now Harden has Kevin Durant. He doesn't need Giannis anymore. I mean, KD. KD, people don't realize how historically great KD is. I think, like, you know, I would not be mad at anybody who put KD in their top 10 best basketball players of all time. So, Harden has KD. Giannis and Luka kind of need each other. I wonder if... You know, people always talk like, oh, Giannis can go to Dallas. And nobody thinks that Luka would ever leave. Maybe because Mark Cuban had Dirk for his whole career and that kind of stuff. But, like, what if Luka <laughs> wanted to force a trade to Milwaukee? Let's end it there. I've This has been long enough. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And I'll see you next time.